Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Jim White, and today myself and Simon discuss Aston Villa and ask if something really special is brewing under Unite Emery. Is Steve Cooper's time in the Forest dugout coming to a close, or have we seen this story before? Booze as Crystal Palace lose at home to Bournemouth. But is Roy Hodgson right? Have the Palace faithful been spoilt in recent times? And are journalists wrong to poke the bear when it comes to Jurgen Klopp and those 12.30 kickoffs? This is Outspoken with White and Jordan. Aston Villa, though, what a story they are proving to be, Simon. So they leapfrog Manchester City and move into third with a 1-0 win. It was just the other week there at Tottenham after they won at Tottenham. I saw a very content Unai Emery in, um, inside the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So last night, he must have been even more content with uh, the way Villa went about the job and the way Villa are doing a job. They've now extended their home run to 14 successive league wins, equaling a record set in 1931. Last night, for the record, and remember this is Manchester City who they were playing, Villa had 22 shots, City registered two. Villa won the ball back 13 times in City's half. That is a record in the Premier League. So now... One has to wonder, is something special on for Aston Villa? Uh, this was Emery on taking the scalp of City. For me, it's the best. And it's the first time I, I, I beat him. But uh, I am uh, getting opportunities to play against the best team, the best coaches, the best players. I am there. And uh, we are only focusing each match. And we are thinking only Arsenal. We are now there. And we are no contender. We are no contender. They are not at the end, other seven teams contend more than us to be in the top seven. And we are now in, but still a lot of matches to play, a lot of points to play. And Saturday is, again, the challenge. And I want to enjoy the way. I want to enjoy each match, the preparation today, tomorrow, on Friday, Saturday. And I, like, really enjoy uh, with the players, with the supporters, with uh, the atmosphere we are creating each moment. So the four points behind Arsenal 
and the two play each other, Simon, this weekend. Mm. Unai Emery diplomatically saying, now us, we're not contenders. Guardiola, when asked, are Villa title contenders, Pep? He said, yeah, definitely. Because of the way they're playing, when you are there, you see the physicality, the tempo, the speed, the bench, the organisation for you and I, the set pieces, etc. Yes, they're contenders. Do you think they are, Simon? I think it would be surprising. I think it would be as surprising to Aston Villa and to Unai Emery if they were indeed title contenders, legitimate title contenders. Do I think that they are in a race to perhaps cement themselves inside the top six and maybe even get inside the top four? Top four. Yeah, Yeah. possibly, yeah. Yeah. I think it's a reach. But look, we've seen situations like this before. I mean, it's a very different time than the time that Leicester won the league and it's a very different dynamic. Um, I, I don't feel that Villa will be the champions of the Premier League this year, but I think they'll make a big noise and I'm not surprised. They've got two guys at the very top of the uh, of the ownership that are very focused on understanding how sports franchises in their view run they've committed finances behind them they've bought well they've bought in a manager that Newcastle would have liked to have had first off the bat and I'm not surprised Emery's doing a decent job and he is like in, like in many incarnations he is the polar opposite of the manager they had in place before in terms of Stephen Gerrard he's not learning on the job he isn't inexperienced he knows his way around he's a proven winner and achiever at the highest level whether that's at PSG whether it's for a period of time at Arsenal or whether it was in Spain with Villarreal yeah and the guy is a top draw manager and if you listen to what's coming out right now of course everything is rosy in the garden of course mm. when you see see teams winning the way that they are you'll hear about this remarkable training regime that they've never seen before but the two things are inextricably indexed so you have to give a lot of plaudits to Aston Villa it's nice to see a club of this stature and this history doing well in the Premier League I'm, I'm, I've always been an Aston Villa fan irrespective of whether Gabby or Bongla have played for them or not <laughs> um, but the point is is that it's, they're, a, they're a good team to watch they're a good well, side they and they're a very honest side and there's some players in there like McGinn that are proper players oh yeah and Leon Bailey being fit and firing is a, is a good player yeah so Villa won it now in your column this morning in the mail Simon Jordan on Thursday with, um, no, with no allegations in there you're very, you're very complimentary about Eddie Howe we'll get to that in the fullness of time Newcastle of course in action tonight against uh, Everton but when it comes to Unai Emery is he knocking on the door of the elite or is is he the best of the rest right now well I think he's certainly in the conversation absolutely I mean you can we've got we've got an argument going on about a lot of managers right now Ange Postacoglu makes uh, the, the grade in terms of people's perception of what Tottenham were and what they're becoming so absolutely you know this record that he's on with 14 wins straight at Villa Park and the manner in which Villa are playing and approaching the game. You know, obviously they got beat two, three, four weeks ago against Nottingham Forest and we're making an observation about Nottingham Forest's manager being almost out the door. I think there is a lot more about Unai Emery in the manner in which he operates inside the media now. I understand that he brings alongside him every time he speaks to the media now. He's gotten wiser, a translator, to make sure that there's no loss of translation. So he's gotten wiser to that. Yeah, I saw that. But his team, his team are playing with an intensity and a motivation and a discipline and a style that can only have been drilled into them um, by their manager. And the, clearly, they are, they're being communicated in a way that they're responding to. And I think it's great. I think the more teams that make up this league, the more that we run 
the riders are faster and harder than we've done previously, the better this league is. So we don't want to see it. I don't want to see it being a Liverpool-Man City conversation or a Liverpool-Man City-Arsenal conversation. I want to see it be a conversation between eight sides that make or nine sides that make it such a compelling proposition that everybody's engaged from dawn till dusk. The world's most dangerous download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. It was certainly dark and cold as I headed home from uh, Craven Cottage last night. What did I witness there? I witnessed Nottingham Forest being well and truly trounced by a very impressive uh, Fulham last night. Fulham winning the football match by five goals to nil. Um, It begs the question, what next for Steve Cooper? Because uh, suffice to say, it has not been going well for Nottingham Forest under Steve Cooper. And is this the final straw? It's now one win in their last uh, 11. And to make matters worse for Steve Cooper, last night in attendance at the football match was uh, the Greek shipping magnate, the tycoon Evangelos Maranakis, who um, reportedly stormed out at the end. I didn't see him do that, but anyway, it was reported that he did. Um This morning, what next for Cooper? So, in about nine minutes, Steve Cooper is due to meet the media ahead of Forrest's next game. This one against Wolves at the weekend. In the last few minutes, uh, I spoke to my colleague Alex Crook, who gave us a bit more meat in the bones as to what might happen next. Steve Cooper is a manager who often finds himself under pressure, but I think you're right, Jim. Job security is probably at a low point right now. Really poor performance against Fulham. Sometimes it's the nature of the defeat as much as the defeat that can do for a manager. But I think he will get one more game at least to try and convince the Forest hierarchy that he is the man to take them forward. They've got Wolves live on Talk Sport 2 this weekend, which looks like a, a massive fixture, not just for Forest, but for Cooper himself. I think in some ways he may be helped by the short turnaround between games. Of course, we don't get too many midweek rounds of matches in the Premier League. It's very unusual. Uh, But the fact they've only got a few days now before they play Wolves, I think will help Cooper. But if they were to lose that game, I would be seriously worried for his position. I think it was a manner of the defeat as well last night that uh, very much calls into question, are his methods working? Absolutely. You hear Ryan Yates, uh, an established Forest player, coming out before the game and suggesting that they're all behind Steve Cooper and they know what they need to do to write their recent poor form. It didn't look like that, did it, in terms of the performance? It didn't look like a group of players who were playing to keep their manager in a job. And I guess there's similarities, not just in terms of the scoreline, but in terms of the capitulation with what happened at Sheffield United and that Paul Heckingbottom and that 5-0 defeat against Burnley. I do know that Maranakis, a very unpredictable owner, has serious concerns about Forest's recent form. One win in 11 now since they beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. And at that stage of the season, it looked like all was rosy in the Forest Garden. That was Alex Crook just a short time ago. So, Steve Cooper about to meet the media. Uh, Simon, what I would say is this. Fulham fans last night, I'll get to this uh, more in a, in a second when we speak to Calvin Bassett. The Fulham fans were great, as you might expect. They always are. I find Fulham fans some of the best in the Premier League. The travelling support for Forrest last night, Simon, was phenomenal. Who chanted Cooper's name throughout, even at the very end as well. Yeah. As a result of that, Steve Cooper said it's embarrassing, really. I'm very grateful to them, but I don't deserve it. It was a painful night, a scoreline we have to accept we deserved. What I can tell you is this, what makes Cooper in my eyes, Simon, a, a special sort of guy and more, a more than decent guy, was that I saw him um, posing for photographs at the Forest bus 
with one or two Nottingham Forest fans as the squad prepared to, to drive out of that particular part of London. And I went over to him and I said, is there much you can tell me? What's going on, Steve? And he said that, not obviously at this moment, Jim, because I'm surrounded by the supporters. Call me in a minute. I said, in a minute? In a minute. So I wander off and I phone him. He's now in the bus. And he said, look, it's simple. It's on me. It was 5-0. It's my team, my selection, and it's on me. And it hasn't been going well. We'll see what happens. Now, the fact that the fella did that and took the call and spoke as realistically and honourably and honestly as that tells me a lot. So last night, he travelled back not really knowing what his fate was. And now with five minutes to go, we hear he's due to take this uh, news conference. I mean, he's a man of fibre, but he's yeah. a realist as well. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, we we pair this against others that we think don't have fibre. I, I, I find it difficult to look at it and go, someone's got a fixed-term contract, highly paid in a job, and even if they get fired, they're going to get paid a lot of money. So let's get context in life about how much pressure and how much of a tragedy it is. Yeah, but for someone. pride. Money's not everything. Well, it's a significant part of the game. Right? That's what the game revolves upon. All we ever hear is how much broadcast deals are worth and how much players are getting and how much managers are getting paid. So I think it's a nice, refreshing scenario where somebody can front up and take the responsibility because too often it's everybody else's fault. I don't concur with the entire view that he should take all the blame, but, but by the same token... If he goes in front of the media and starts dealing with the real culprits, which is the player's pathetic performance on the pitch, he's going to be finding himself in 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 the in in the world of papers suggesting that he's blaming the players, a division in the camp, and he'll do that behind closed doors. For the purpose of the media, he plays it with a straight bat. This is my responsibility. This is my fault. This is my team, and all of those. Certainly, it's his team. You know, the players on the pitch are entirely culpable for their performance, but he's the manager, he takes ownership of that, and he takes the risks and he takes the rewards of being in that position. Mm. I personally think that it would be early for the owner to pull the trigger, irrespective of whether they, whether they don't win against Wolves on Saturday. They've got a run of fixtures that are coming up that no new manager will be wanting to take control of anyway because they've got some of the top sides in the division. I mean, Bournemouth are amongst that, I think. But they've also got some of the top sides in the division to play against, which is not going to be a fair barometer or an indication of where Nottingham Forest are. I think you've got one of the brightest coaches in the division, one of the brightest English coaches. Unless you're going to tell me what you've got in your pack as the owner that you're shuffling, which is much, much better than Steve Cooper, unless you're clear that this guy is not being held up by anything other than his decency... And if you're going to tell me that the players clearly aren't responding to the manager and they don't want to play for this manager anymore, I'm I'm inclined to say it needs a little bit more time to see if this can be turned. Now, they are in decline. If Everton hadn't had 10-point deduction, they'd be full from bottom, four points clear. And how long do you leave it before you make these sort of decisions? But my feeling is, not just because you've been here before, not just because I think he's a decent manager, because decent managers lose their jobs and they come again. I still think there's legs in Steve Cooper. I don't I don't want him to fall on his sword. I don't particularly care if he's magnanimous or has the courage to turn out and say, I'll take whatever medicine, because I think that ultimately, well, in a well-paid job with your careers, with your lives pretty much yeah. stitched up by your finances, these are not difficult decisions. You see, some of the diehard fans have picked up on it. Chris is one who's got in touch saying, Jim, the players have let Cooper down, as Simon says, but you can't sack a whole team, so sadly it might well be Cooper who ultimately pays the price. But he's a man with outstanding integrity and a passion for our city and our club. He'll say it's on him, of course he will, because that's the kind of guy he is. 
But we all know the fans know it's the players. Yeah, that's just what you've been I'm saying. Co- I'm being corrected as Welsh, but that's okay. He's from the United Kingdom, just yeah. for the purpose of this conversation. Yeah, yeah. I'm nice to see a manager from the United Kingdom doing well. Then, um, look, there is always that. That is always the casualty. But if and you were Manonakis and you'd spent 250 mil in the last three transfer windows. You're getting edgy. You're getting nervous. Mm, well, Maranakis has spent what, what's, what he's collected into the club. You know, he's they, they've had 250, 300 million come in as a result of being in the Premier League, increased commercial deals, and I suspect inflated attendances in terms of the revenue you get from it. So I suspect he's spent what the revenues be, that, that, that they've generated. Yeah. Notwithstanding that, he could have trousered it, not had to spend it. And he's a he's an owner of a, other football clubs. He's made his decision to back Steve Cooper this time last year, unless he sees. And I don't know how close he is. I can't speak for the man. I met him at the Nottingham Forest Tottenham game last year. Um, um, and they were very poor in that game, Forest, I thought. Um, but the point is this, is that I think Cooper still got an opportunity to readdress the balance. Right. And I think he should be given that opportunity. Not out of sentimentality, not out of some feeling of misplaced loyalty, because it's not what you've done for me. It's mm. what you do for me next in the reality of life. And the, yeah. fo- and the Forest fans, you will always get managers... That, that have got a good relationship with the fans getting supported by the away support like that. Yeah, it's a good when point. You, when you get back to the city ground, you put yeah. a stinker out, the fans will boo. Right, fair enough, Simon. But you would say Cooper's a man to go in against Wolves and beyond. Yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. I, 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 you know, listen, if they get if they get done again five or three or four exactly, and yeah, get another, another turgid performance against, against, sure. uh, against Wolverhampton Wanderers, then you start looking at this game... Clearly, there's a, right. pro- a bigger problem than I anticipated. Okay. Right. Too right. many draws, by the way. Too many draws they've got. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Many of you offering your support this morning to uh, Steve Cooper. I want to, Jamie thinks, who's a big Nottingham Forest fan. Jamie, good morning. I think he needs to go. I think he's out of his debt. He's got us. He's got got us in the. You know, he's good in the championship, but Premier League. I don't, don't think he's got. He's got no idea. And you think last night a five nil, uh, pretty crushing defeat. I was there, as you know, Jamie. That should be the final straw. That yeah, to, to me. I mean, why? I don't know. We. I think we've won one game in twelve. It's just you know, when do we? Sacking. Great support last night for Nottingham Forest. Um, uh, there was a huge applause when they caught sight of our own Stuart Pearce uh, inside Craven Cottage last night. They're good fans. Greg is one of them. Greg, you were there last night. You made the trip. Um, I was so impressed by the backing you gave Steve Cooper. But now the dust has settled, you still feel that way? Absolutely. I, I was there and... It's it's heartwarming when the fans are singing like that. Some feel it might be blind loyalty, but no one's got the club. No one's got the city like Steve Cooper has for a long, long time. 23 years, Jim and Simon, 23 years of pain in the championship, in League One. It was awful. Managers coming and going. We've had some unity that we haven't seen at the club for a long, long time. But at the moment, something's missing. Something's missing, a bit of heart, a bit of soul. Likes of Joe Worrell can't even get in the squad at the moment, and he's Forrest through and through, and Ryan Yates is the same, and we need something from the likes of them. There doesn't seem to be any leadership out on the pitch. They're not playing as they should be playing. 13 new players again coming in. It's a turnover that we've seen last year. We may see some more coming in January. I don't see anybody else out there at the moment who can really turn this around. I'm fully behind Steve Cooper. I I think so much of him, and I sang for him last night, and I really hope he's given 
given the opportunity to turn it around. I mean, Greg, that's such a good call. Stay in the line, Simon. I was so impressed by Greg and the rest of them last night who made the trip. Yeah. They sang their hearts out. They backed Cooper from the start to the end and even after that. The challenge for that is, and, and Nigel Dowerty, who was the Nottingham Forest owner, was a good friend of mine, so I used to watch... Uh, Nottingham Forest through his prism and whenever we played them when I was at Palace you always got the sense of the history and the legacy of this football club and the size and scale of its supporter base because every time we played them even when we went up and smashed them 3-0 in games you still saw the atmosphere from the Nottingham Forest fans but when you you arrive in the Premier League after 23 years and um, Maranakis is not a Nottingham Forest fan he's somebody that owns Nottingham Forest and wants the best for them Mm. he's now achieved what he wanted to achieve getting the Premier League and he's not going to let that go on the basis of a sentimental vantage point that perhaps Steve Cooper might turn it around. If he sees something different from Steve Cooper than what he saw a year ago when he chose to go against the stream of people's perception he was going to fire him, then he'll have to make that decision for what he thinks is the best of Forest because it's no good everyone celebrating what Cooper's done and going back to the championship. That's of no use. Let's get the last word on this from Greg. And Greg, we will hear what Steve Cooper is saying uh, very shortly. Greg, Maranakis there last night not in his London office this morning uh, when we called him what do you want to hear from Maranakis uh, as as to his next uttering regarding the club well the owners come out and spoken quite well on the last two occasions that Steve Cooper was under pressure last season. He, he got a new contract, and then there was another episode later on in the season where, you know, fully behind Steve, but results certainly need to change, and we, and we managed that. Maranakis has a, a history of getting rid of managers quite quickly. He's done it at Olympiacos as well quite, quite recently. And so, yeah, it's the case of the unknown. Simon's absolutely right. There's no room for sentiment. It's a results business. We, we all know that. No one wants to go down with Cooper. I'd rather we lost Cooper and stayed up. I think most people would feel that way. What I want to hear from Maranakis now is that he's behind Cooper, he knows it's a a rough period, we're all going to come together and just get the fans and everyone else working and moving towards the same objective. I think if he's going to make the decision to to fire Cooper, it has to happen sooner rather than later. Steve has to give him him the opportunity to be behind him. If you go and get beat badly by Wolves, you're making it harder for the owner to be able to support him. So it's actually in Steve's court. If they go and put a decent performance in against Wolves, it'd be much easier for the owner to come out and turn around and say, pipe down media, I'm behind the manager. <laughs> yeah, last word for you, Greg. You can't, you can't lose five in a row. The players have got to pick themselves up. They've been brilliant, but in the last five or six games, something has gone. They need to get that back. Um, some of those players need to look hard at themselves in the mirror. So they looked gutted last night. They came over, but they need to work together and they need to work for Steve Cooper and we're all behind them. Hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bimbingus of the Bypassal Rise plug sale and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The world's most dangerous download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Steve Cooper virtually said to me, do you know what is in the lap of the gods what happens to me now? Steve Cooper had just been speaking in the last few moments and was asked about uh, how important, from his point of view, uh, this game for Forest at Wolves is this coming weekend. It's a match that you can hear the commentary live and exclusive on TalkSport 2. Cooper was asked straight, you fighting for your job? I don't think like like that. I think that's um, not a good way to think. Um, it's like saying to a player, you have to play well um, in the next game, or you you'll, you know you won't play again for for the club. So it's just not not um, a thought process. I, I believe in in using. Um, yeah, of course we you, you know we're, we're disappointed with the, with the results, and particularly the one last last night and the performance, um, evenly so. But you know more more than ever, you've got to show belief, you've got to show character, and and belief in character in in what you want to be and who you are and what you stand for and obviously what the football club and the supporters need to see see as well. So um, so that is my thought more than ever is to, um, of course, there's going to be a lot of uh, questions and stories and whatever else said and, and rightly so and I respect that and that's the life of, of a manager and, I, and, I, and um, I don't think it should be any other way. As I said to you earlier, Simon, he's nothing if not a realist. He yeah. gets it, Steve. It's, well, it's the best way to answer a question <clears throat> is to address it and take it away from somebody by saying, you know, I don't think of things that way. Uh, and some people would, you know, last night when he you, when he was talking to you, the best way to disarm an argument is to agree with one. So yeah. when, you're, when you're in a situation where people are citing what they perceive to be the obvious, which is you're under threat, agree with the principle of it. Understand the reality of it. Disarm the argument by showing the fear of it. And I think that's the best way to be. You know, if he comes in and starts saying, yes, I am playing for my job, I am managing for my job, it becomes a thread that you can pull at and becomes an even more complicated conversation for him. So as a sensible, pragmatic man, he would have thought, OK, what am I going to be faced with? No one's going to be asking me about my team selection for Saturday. They're going to be asking me about my job. So what's the best way for me to disarm that conversation? Because I don't really want to dwell on it. I'm not going to dwell on it. I don't think along those lines. Sure. I believe in the, myself and the project that I've got in front of me and away I go. 
Okay. Well, in spite of the fact that the owner, Evangelist Maranakis, was at the game last night and uh, reportedly stormed off and well, apparently so threw his, well, so would you if threw his lanyard into a Fulham uh, ladies' garden. Well, he wasn't going to be skipping down the yellow brick road, was he? No. You know, you lose a game like that, you're going to be pretty fed up. I don't think he skips much, actually. But, well, um, uh, depends if you want cracked pavements. <laughs> um, uh, so it looks as though Steve Cooper cracks on uh, and uh, that means he'll be in charge come the game uh, at the weekend when Wolves host Nottingham Forest live and exclusive on Talk Sport 2. Just before we got to the 11 o'clock headlines, uh, we were talking about Simon's former club, Crystal Palace, and we were talking about the fact that last night they lost 2-0 at home to Bournemouth. Roy Hodgson says afterwards, the fact is, the fans have been spoilt here in recent times. They're used to seeing us do very well at home and get good results, and this year we've not been able to do that. Spoil, Palace fans. Do you feel spoiled? Here's Darren, a big Palace fan. Good morning, Darren. How are you feeling? Um, hi, morning, Jim. Morning, morning, Simon. Morning, um, morning. To be honest, I'm uh, I'm disillusioned. If I'm being honest, I think the f- I'm just absolutely fed up with the the football. It's boring. Um, there just doesn't seem to be a structure. Um, we've been promised that we're moving to the next level um, under Parish. Um, we've sold Zaha or Zaha left in the summer. We brought in Franca, who was our marquee signing. Um, he's centre on the picture on the boards as you enter Crystal Palace football ground. We've seen him play 15 minutes of football so far. Um, I know Roy's had injuries and, and I feel for him and I feel that he hasn't been financially backed. But sometimes in life, you have to change the way you play. You have to structure and do things differently, try different things. Um, last night, we played with five defenders on a football pitch at home to Bournemouth. Um, and we wonder why we don't create chances. We aren't scoring goals. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you take the result of United away from home and the lucky goal that we got at the weekend against West Ham due to a mistake, you know, we'd be right down there now fighting for our lives. Um, and for a club that's been in the Premier League for 12 years, it's not acceptable. And all I hear all the time from all these pundits and Danny Murphy, who's a big Roy fan, and, you know, some of the others, they talk about we've got to be careful what we wish for. Well, I don't think Brighton thought that when they got rid of Chris Hewitt and brought Graham Potter in. You know, and then when Potter left, they bought Deserbi in. You know, no one as a Crystal Palace fan is asking us to go and spend £100 million on players. Yeah, we know we yeah. haven't got that. Darren, that is well, a very many good points in there, Darren, as far as I uh, read it. What's your take on that, Simon? There's, there's a fellow who, like you, is invested in the football club, loves his club, yeah, but is thinking, no, hang on. We shouldn't be in the conversation here. It should be what the players are achieving on the pitch, and they're not doing much at the moment. Well, I think I think if I'm correct in understanding the the analysis, the issue is with the choice of manager, Darren. Yes, yeah, choice of manager and choice of personnel on the pitch. Yeah. Um, it's not working. So why not make changes? Why not try some youngsters? I mean, what did you make of the back end of last season? I mean, there was a lot of rumours, and 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 I don't tend to pay a lot of attention to rumours that come out of Crystal Palace anymore because my time has been and gone there. But some people that I know talked about the management of Vieira and the challenges and the quality of the coaching staff that were there, and the manner in which Patrick managed, and that brought about an end game that wasn't satisfactory. But Roy came in, and all of a sudden everyone was raving about the style of football. So what do you make to that? Yeah, I thought. I mean, I thought Vieira had to go. I thought uh, he had lost the dressing room. I think in regards to Roy came back, the football was amazing. And as a Palace fan, I've supported Palace for 35 years. All I want to do is see my team go out there, give effort, play a style of football that gets you off your seat, entertains you. And towards the end of last season, Roy did that. You know, I think we went from having zero shots in four games uh, under Patrick Vieira to then having 30-odd shots in one game under Roy. 
But for some reason, this season, we've gone back to the old Roy ball. It's negative. I mean, last night, I think we had three shots on target. You know, you're not going to win a game of football if all you're, if all you're achieving is three shots on goal. Uh, I, just, I just don't understand. I mean, we, are, we unearthed the likes of wan Saka and uh, Tyrek Mitchell. We only unearthed those players because of injuries. Yes. Because we were yeah. forced to throw those players in, not because Roy suddenly saw a talent there. You know, we've got youngsters now. We've got youngsters in the under-23s. We've got a, a young lad in there called Ola Alamobi, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. He's scored something like 14 goals in... But, Darren, it's often the way that necessity is the mother of invention. When I was there, Wayne Routledge or Victor Moses yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or Nathaniel Klein were all thrown in at a yeah. time when managers couldn't go through their default setting, which is players that are established and tried and trusted. And all of a sudden, they yeah. unearth a nugget and everyone thinks how wonderful they are. Yeah. But that's often yeah. the case, though, isn't it, Darren? Well, it can be, but sometimes if it's not working... I mean, we've had four wins since October 2022 at home. At home, yeah. You know, in Gee. 14 months. When you see you it know, like I that, mean, Darren. Yeah. I mean, seriously. I mean, if, if these players like Schlup... You know, and some of these others, Wald, who's passed it now, unfortunately. Moving on. You know, if, if these players were good enough, you could, and we were playing football, but still, yeah. fair enough. But we're not. No, Darren, listen, many good points, and we want to mull over them. Thank you for that. Uh, Martin's a Palace fan. He says, the last decent striker we had was Glenn Murray. What's the point of having good strikers and good players, I should say, like Olise and uh, Eze? No one getting into it. If, if we've got no decent striker on the end of the balls that they're trying to play into him. Louis, big Palace fan. What do you want to say, Louis? If you can keep it brief, but go for it. Hi, gents. Um, sorry, enjoy the show as always. Um, Thanks, Louis. Listening to, listening to Benty and uh, Goldstein the other night uh, on Drive, and they were saying, what Sorry about that. I could. <laughs> I literally could. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't agree with him more because I just feel like the club has got a real lack of ambition at the moment. Um, and I think Darren, the last caller, touched on every, literally saying everything that Palace fans are, are saying because there is a lot of dry wood in the in the squad. Um, from a sentimental point, I love Joel Ward. Um, I think he's, he's been a great servant to the club. However, he's not up to the level anymore. He's not a Premier League player. You got. Nathaniel Klein, I know we've had injuries, Mitchell coming off last night, but Nathaniel Klein, way past it again. Like, I go back a few years back when Wan Bissaka first came through. He was a, uh, an attacking wide player that made his debut against Tottenham and was filling in at fullback. And he had a man of match performance. He was absolutely outstanding. I was at that game, absolutely outstanding. What annoys me the most is, again, like Darren said, we've got a really tough running coming up towards Christmas now. Mm. Christmas has always been a, t- a tricky period for Palace over the years because of the fact of a lack of squad depth um, and obviously the amount of games and the, the, the turnover of games. And the, the fact of the matter is, it just you worry that the, the, the management are not considering utilising. Yeah, the, the, the youngsters. That are okay, okay, Louis. Some some good points in that. I'm going to squeeze in James before we hit the break. James, good morning. Palace. What are you doing? You're treading water. Morning, boys. I mean, I'm surrounded by water on the motorway at the minute. Um, <laughs> so your your show is uh, is making it a lot more bearable. But I think good Darren, chance. the first corner, really hit the nail on the head. Some yeah. big words in there. Yeah. Disillusion, negative. Um, 
I like to somehow sometimes have an argument with myself when Simon's on the other end and he doesn't know I am. But I can't help but agree with a lot of Simon's points this morning. Um, I think when Vieira went, it was a very safe appointment bringing Roy back, which steadied the ship. Sometimes you do need that in football. Um, you look at Vieira, he brought the best out of Michael Elise, Eze, you know, Wilf was fine on, on all four cylinders. Uh, Mark Gay as well. I look at it now, and for me, the thing, the real bugbear is you've got a £26 million player on the bench scratching his head, waiting to come and influence. He's had two appearances, I believe, all season. You know, we look at the 70th minute yesterday, we're chasing the game, and we're bringing on a central, you know, a holding midfielder. I'm looking around and I'm thinking the creativity just isn't there. I just am starting to lose that little bit of hope, which as sure. fans we all feel so, on to. So, James, 12.30 um, Saturday, you've got Liverpool. What chance do you give yourself? I mean, as, as funny as you say that historically, and Simon will know over the last couple of years, the big teams we do tend to show up for. You know, we've taken points off Man City, we've taken points off Liverpool in the, you know, over, uh, over the recent years. I'm hoping that that's the little bit of the silver lining we can hang on to. I hope we can bring our A game. I just think Roy, he's managed at the top level now. Is he beyond his sell-by date? He's the oldest manager in the league. He needs to adapt. The best managers, they adapt, they improvise. You know, problems come, challenges arise. They find ways to overcome. Okay, James, listen, many good points. Uh, thank you for that. Do you know what? A good consensus of opinion there from the, yeah, the, the supporters. I mean, I mean, it's like most things. When you're fan, when the player, when the team isn't winning and they're not playing well at home and the football isn't great, you're going to look at, at the overall picture. There is a balance between Crystal Palace staying in the Premier League and having achieved something that the club's never achieved, which is 10, 11 years in the top flight. I'll tell you what, when they play, they've got Liverpool, and I think they'll get beat by Liverpool, they've got Man City, they've got Brighton. Now, if they lose to Brighton... Uh, and go on a run of losing against Liverpool, Man City, and then lose to Brighton. I think there'll be a change. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. And Sheffield United, maybe predictably to many, got off to a losing start under Wilder's uh, second tenure. This time against Liverpool. Two goals to nil they lost. Liverpool ran out the winners. And then a, a slightly awkward exchange post-match between a man I know well, um, the now Amazon presenter Marcus Buckland, and Liverpool boss Jürgen Klopp. And you mentioned, Jürgen, you've, you've had to shuffle your pack. You've had some injury problems. You've got all these yeah. games. You're still going strong in Europe, in, in the League Cup, in the FA Cup. You're going to Crystal Palace, your favourite kickoff time at the weekend. But, I mean, really that, that's the price brave, of success. That's really I'm brave. They made a joke about that, uh, uh, really. Yeah. But you've still got the passion. You've still got the enjoyment. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's constant, isn't it, day in, day out? It is. It is constant. Yeah. Now we go home. I don't know exactly when we arrive. What is now? It's our one o'clock, two o'clock, two a.m. Whatever. Yeah. And then we play again. We have two. Do we have two sessions tomorrow and Friday? Yeah, we have two sessions. So it's fine to recover. And then we go again. So Crystal Palace played tonight as well. So that, that's absolutely fine. It's just not. But I realize you don't understand it as well, even when you work in football. So why should I try to explain again? If you make a joke of that and make just we are completely ignorant. But it's good. It's obviously football is entertainment. And I understand. It's all good. It's just one of those, those issues that come up. And I, I'm, I'm not trying to be disrespectful at you all. You were already. Okay. Well, yeah, can I yeah, apologize? Good, uh, good. You can say what you want. Just I cannot say what I want because that would be really different. Well, listen, it's been a success tonight. You've moved yes. to two points of the yes. leaders and we wish you every success at Crystal Palace at the weekend as well. Yeah, and you will tell that to Crystal Palace as well. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Jürgen. All the best. See you. <laughs> I mean, Mar Marcus, 
it, it's just an exchange. Yeah, he's taking the mickey a little bit. I mean, if I was Marcus, I didn't think so. I, I mean, it's well, he was something he's he, he knows it. He knows it. It's a wild hair up Jurgen's backside about the twelve thirty starting point, right? So he's, he doesn't have to throw that in. But if I was Marcus Buckland, I would say, "Oh, I can say what I want, can I then?" Because he said, "You can say what you want." I'll tell you what I can say. Just because I say something to lighten the subject doesn't mean the subject's taken lightly. And if I do push you, Jurgen, about your constant whining, what you'll do is you'll shut me down and tell me that you can't speak to me in the future. So I can't say what I want any more than you can say what you want. Jurgen Klopp and all of these football managers get carried away with their own importance. Marcus Buckland brought about a terse reaction because he didn't need to make a sly little part po- poke at the constant carping and whining and, and, and unhappiness that Jurgen Klopp has about a 12.30 kickoff. So he got what he got. He was he was in the floor of talking about taking Liverpool the having another he, win no, under no, no, their no. belts and he was in the no, floor was taking, of where they're at. No, he was taking the mickey. He, everybody knows. I don't think he deliberately it's, it's, not, the it's not a state secret. Unless you've been living under a rock in football terms, you know that Jurgen Klopp has a tantrum every time a 12.30 fixture comes out and feels himself the victim of every single conspiracy put together by those that want to do him and Liverpool down. He wasn't trying to hammer Klopp. He wasn't, no, he, he wasn't he, trying to he threw, poke you, the bear. You know, he, did, he, well, he was being facetious. He was saying, at your favourite time, which he knows is not his favourite time. He, know, he knows it agitates Jurgen Klopp. Now, what you're, what, you're, about, what, isn't it? What, you, what he's being facetious. No, he and so, wasn't. So, and, and Marcus can say that, and quite frankly, if you want to say something facetious, be prepared for the consequences of it. And the consequences of it are that Jurgen Klopp is a bit bad-tempered about it. And then when you've got that wonderful opportunity to turn around and say, well, you can say what you want, because Jurgen opened the door for him. Okay, I will say what I want then. Why do you keep on bitching and moaning about everything that doesn't go your way? Every single time there's a situation... Where, but there is also there is also an inherent fairness in Klopp's observation, because they do seem to get more 12-30 games than everyone else. And empirically, the evidence is there to support Jürgen's argument, mm. which is, we get more 12-30 games than everybody else. Now, what if Jürgen is suggesting they don't want a 12-30 slot, because obviously Jürgen is the controller of all the broadcasters and should determine which <laughs> slots should be sold and by whom and to where, yeah. right? Now, what he's saying is, I don't, I'm not the one that wants a 12-30 slot, and there is an, uh, there was a fairness to the observation because if you look at the data, it does tell you that Liverpool are playing that slot more time than anybody else. So I understand it. So yeah, Marcus, but it the point Marcus that opens up doing it as well. Marcus, yeah, but Palace, he tends to make the observation not at a twelve thirty slot during a normal week week fixture. It's when you come back from an international break. It's when your players are coming back from all around the globe and they're landing at certain times. Klopp then says. Why is it always us at 12.30? And I have to say, he has a point. Do I think they're a bit childish? Do I think they disappear out of their own backside sometimes, their own importance? We won't be back until one o'clock. Oh, what, what, you're pedalling back then? You're cycling back? Now, you're going back in a, probably a luxurious coach, probably getting a massage on the way back there and having a manicure. And when you get home, there'll probably be someone waiting for a nice little cup of tea for you. So let's not have, it, <laughs> have the nonsense of it all. But Marcus Buckland opened that door and he got the reaction from Jurgen Klopp that that comment probably merited, which is... Is there a need to be facetious? It's not my fa- it's not no. my favourite time, and you know it's not. So why mention it? It, it certainly wasn't ignorant, and I, I, I disagree with Jurgen there no, when he's saying if you make a joke of that, then you're completely ignorant. No, he's not. No, and it, if you knew Marcus, one thing one, one thing you could never accuse Marcus Butland of is ignorance in any well, shape. Well, he or could form. accuse Marcus of being ignorant of his views, and that's what he might mean. You're yeah. ignorant. So he can't. He's not suggesting that he's ignorant because. Most of football couldn't give a monkey's what Jurgen Klopp thinks about the twelve thirty playoff time. Besides him and the Liverpool fans. Well, that's the point, right? So he's not ignorant. So Jurgen Klopp is not necessarily asserting the view that he's ignorant of football uh, rhetoric. He's ignorant of the fact that Jurgen Klopp is very unhappy about it. So why bring it up? Yeah. That might be the ignorance he's referring to. So what Marcus Buckland got by being a smart ass journalist 
was a smashback. Steady. And well done, Jurgen Klopp. Oh, be quiet. Oh, more of that. There, there's Niall Liverpool fans. A little bit more smashing of the journalists. There was no need to poke Jurgen like that. Oh, dear me. It probably ruined his trip back, didn't it? Oh, dear. They mentioned the 12.30 kickoff again. It's ruined my night, even though we won. The world's most dangerous download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast from. We'll be back tomorrow to bring you the best of the show. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.